Welcome to The Way the World Works, where the trusted team behind the Tuttle Twins books tackles current events, hot topics, and fun ideas to help your family find clarity in a world full of confusion. Hey, Brittany. Hi, Connor. So we've been talking time and again about some of the villains from our Tuttle Twins guidebook to modern villains. This is one of our teen guidebooks. I think we have five now on a different kind of range of topics. And we produced this book because, you know, we don't want to dwell on like, here's all these bad people and look at how horrible they were. Because there's not a lot you can really learn from that other than just like, oh, now I know of you know, if I'm ever asked on a game show about this horrible person in their life, I'll be able to answer. Uh, no, that, that that's not really ideal or that's not helpful. What we did the book for, what we really try and focus on is how did these people rise to power? How did they get away with this? How, how did they and why did they do these things? And what was happening in the culture and the community and in the society that people tolerated it or maybe they even cheered it on? Maybe they demanded it. And, and so that to me is what's more insightful because you and I and everyone listening and reading the book can say, well, what do we see in our day that's kind of like this? Who are the people today that are cheering on those in power who want even more power? Who are the people demanding more government regulations and big government programs and socialism and all the rest? And, and how can we in society, you know, through, through persuasion and, and marketing and influence, try to change people's hearts and minds so that they don't support this kind of stuff? So that, that's the vision of the book. And so we, we started writing down all the villains that we're going to include. And I said, you know, I want to make sure we include at least one United States president. Uh, because <laughs> How did you pick? I have to ask how you narrowed it down to only one. <laughs> Oh, it was tough. Um, well, we talked on a previous a previous episode, Brittany, about the income tax, and uh, we talked about 1913 and how it was a you know horrible year for America. And Woodrow Wilson was right in you know the the thick of that whole progressive era, pushing for uh, all these bad policies and big government. And so, as I reflect, you know, on on different presidents and what they've done, there's there's a lot of people, even if they have like good individual character making horrible decisions that, you know, ruin the economy or destroy people's lives or all these things. But people are like, oh, he's so nice. He's, he's such a, you know, good statesman. And, and, and to me, it's like, you know, by your fruits, you shall know them. We need to look at what these presidents are doing and, and their actual actions and not just their speeches that someone else wrote for them. So I picked Woodrow Wilson mostly because he was um, instrumental in this progressive era and really growing uh, the size of government. And he also just had some personal aspects to his life that, you know, I think were unseemly and and uh, show kind of this, this mixed character where so often people are like, oh, the presidents, they're so great and let's memorize all their names. And it's like, well, you know, these are human beings that are often very flawed and they're very political people who rise to power through corruption and and intrigue. So, so let's break down a little bit about Woodrow Wilson. We're not going to get through everything. You can go read the book or you can go, you know, read other stuff too about Woodrow Wilson. But this guy, he was the 28th president of the United States. He was a Southern boy, very religious. And that's interesting. Many of these villains grew up in a religious household. They were raised to be, you know, Catholic, Christian or whatever. And they, they had this kind of background. And then things kind of went crazy later in life and they, they abandoned a lot of those things. So that was a kind of a common thread we saw in a lot of these villains as a student. He wasn't, he wasn't that great. 
but he later went on to attend, you know, college and like Johns Hopkins and he studied politics and history. He wrote textbooks after graduating um, and he eventually became president of Princeton. And what's interesting is he's one of the ones who came up with this idea of grouping students based on their area of study, which is still used in college today. So kind of different format than the way they used to do it. And, and he rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. I mean, he, he was trying to change things and do things and, and not everyone was a big fan of his. And some of his colleagues, you know, didn't like his opinions. He ended up, therefore, uh, leaving his job because uh, he, he kind of got tired of all the, the fighting, which is funny. He left, uh, uh, he left his job because of fighting. And then he got involved in New Jersey politics, <laughs> <laughs> which uh, you got to scratch your head and be like, eh, you know, uh, was it really about the fighting? Because now you're doing way more of it. And uh, so he, he was actually successful. He, uh, obviously, because he became president, right? Duh. But uh, he became the governor in 1910. And two years later, he's not even through his first full term of being governor. He's already setting his sights on the White House. And at the time, things were pretty turbulent for America, right? I mean, the Civil War had been over for a few decades, but there was this period of what's called Reconstruction when... You know, the North and the South, which were fighting for so long, are trying to like reintegrate and and the federal government's trying to like manage all the states and make sure we're all part of one union again. And we're rebuilding all the stuff that we destroyed by shooting cannonballs at each other. And so this period of reconstruction has been happening and uh, after being divided for for so long. But this this wasn't an easy process. Remember, we said that. Uh, that Woodrow Wilson was a Southern boy, right? And so he grew up in the South and so many people in the South um, felt very resentful about how the war went. And some of them were fighting because of slavery, but a lot of them were fighting for, you know, broader uh, principles or independence and they didn't like the the North kind of bossing them around. So the, the South was still angry, right? And in the North, there was a lot of racism. Uh, they were passing laws like separate but equal laws, like black and white. Sure, you know, they're equal, but they're still separate. So it's, that's segregation, right? Like, yeah, people remember that from a few decades later when you'd see photos of like, here's a black drinking fountain or a black, yeah, you know, yeah. bench on the bus. And, and so it was, it was this idea of separate but equal. Like, okay, fine, the court said we have to be equal, but we're still going to be separate. Um, so slavery was over, but but there was this legalized, you know, racism um, that was happening all over the place. And, you know, there were big unions that were having a lot of political power to, like, push against entrepreneurs and business owners. There were big businesses that were starting to work with the government and get special benefits like subsidies and tariffs and all these things that would benefit them and hurt their competitors. And then there's, of course, you know, World War One, you know, on the horizon, we got all this uh, foreign conflict and um, things are happening uh, abroad. And so that all leads us to 1912. Again, Wilson's been the governor for two whole years. He's <laughs> new when it comes to politics. And this was kind of a crazy race for the Democrat Party. You had a socialist running. His name was Eugene Debs. And then Wilson, as a Democrat, and then you had former President Teddy Roosevelt running for the Bull Moose Party. And then you had the current President Taft running as a Republican. So, and, you know, but, but this party, like, was divided all the time. The Republican yeah. Party was fairly new. It was only a few decades old. Of course, the Bull Moose Party wasn't. That's my favorite. <laughs> we got to re restart the Bull Moose <laughs> 
Um, so, but that's fascinating. A former president and the current president running, and here's this guy, Wilson. And, uh, and Wilson got elected. And, you know, he starts growing the government. He has this, this plan. Of course, they always have a plan, right? I, I think of like Elizabeth Warren in our day. She's this senator and she ran for president a few years back. And she would always like, I have a plan. People would ask her a question. I have a plan for that. They'd ask her some random other question. I have a plan for that. You know, it's these, these are, these are central planners, right? They want to plan your life for you. And so Wilson's plan uh, was, was this idea of new freedom. It was the new freedom plan. And this made the government a bigger part of every American's life, especially businesses. Uh, and, and, and he saw this as a good thing. He was, you know, like, Hey, we can improve things. We can help people. We can change the economy. We can do these great things using the government. And so many progressives like him, uh, they, they see the government as good. They, they saw the government as good back then, but progressives today, they see the government as a, a good thing through which you can modify people's behavior. You can get people to change by using the government. And, and that's true, but you're getting them to change using force, which means that change doesn't really stick, doesn't really last for a while, right? And, uh, and they resent you and they're upset and, and uh, they sometimes fight back. And so, you know, this was, this was a basic element of Wilson's new freedom plan. And in 1912, right, this is when that's happening. We know 1913, creation of the Federal Reserve. Which I feel like has been a theme in the past couple episodes of ours. 1913 has been coming into play. Yep. And so here's Wilson right in the mix and, and he's taking control of everything. He even tried to like gain more control over Congress and the courts and and you know coming from the the south and living through all of this he was pretty racist in some of his policies he allowed things like separate but equal to to continue um there was even like this famous film that was super racist that he showed in the white house for a a huge audience of people and and you might say okay well you know everyone was like that during that time and i will i won't agree that everyone was like that but certainly there was a large part of the culture that tolerated and and accepted people who were objectively racist like that. But when it comes to foreign policy, what is foreign policy? It's how the government interacts with other countries, right? Are, are they friends? Are they enemies? Are we going to bomb them? Are we going to trade with them? That's foreign policy. And Wilson, he's responsible for getting us involved on a global scale. He pushed the United States into World War I. And this is important because World War I led directly to World War II. I mean, like, th there's no question, right? Mm -hmm. Because the way that the, the first war, World War, ended really punished Germany for their involvement because they lost. So they were heavily, heavily punished economically and politically. And so a lot of people in Germany were super resentful and they felt like they were being downtrodden and they felt like they were being bullied. And so all of that sentiment gave rise to one of our other modern villains, Adolf Hitler who was able to um, appeal to all of his fellow Germans who felt this way and say, I have a plan, <laughs> right? I have a solution to restore our national honor and, you know, Germanic uh, superiority. So World War I, it's, it's like the domino effect, right? Mm -hmm. Wilson and others kind of tip over the first domino and they think, oh, we're going to rebuild society. We're going to make the safe world for, uh, the, excuse me, make the world safe for democracy. That was one of the quotes. 
we're going to make this the world safe for democracy by bombing other people we don't like and getting involved in this war. So that's the first domino, World War One, which then leads to World War Two, which leads to all kinds of other stuff we could get into the United Nations and all these different things happening. Uh, but Wilson is is directly involved with this. And what's fascinating to me about this is Wilson and his government, he oversaw uh, this, it was called the Committee for Public Information. And Ooh, I don't uh, like the sound of that at all. <laughs> yeah, no. And uh, it was basically a, the propaganda arm of the government, uh, not to influence our enemies abroad, but to influence the American people. They hired a ton of people for the Committee on uh, on Public Information. They paid artists to create, you know, all those posters that you see, World War One posters with with slogans that would you know, buy war bonds or come join the fight. And so they paid all these artists, they paid radio hosts, they, they, uh, they, they had these things called, I think it was the two minute men, these, these uh, public speakers who they would hire and send out to radio uh, programs and films, like before the film, you're going to listen to this two minute speech. And they were basically propagandists who in two minutes would pitch the war and say, we need to go get involved. We need to support the war. And Wilson oversaw this massive, massive propaganda effort because the American people were not in favor of the war. They had to basically be be deceived and pressured into agreeing to to go to war. Fun little uh, sideline fact. And Brittany, we'll have to maybe you'll remember off the top of your head um, if we've done a uh, an episode on this individual. But someone uh, actually we have. This was I'm looking it up in real time. We did episode number fifty two. Early uh, days titled what is propaganda and we oh, yes yeah a gentleman named edward bernays mm -hmm. well edward bernays he's the father of modern propaganda he wrote a book called propaganda where he outlines here's how governments use it and how you know governments really work with propaganda he got his start at the committee for public information mm -hmm. under woodrow wilson during world war one learning how to to do all this propaganda. So, so this is, you know, Wilson's in the mix of this orchestrating this. He thought like he's an elitist, right? So he thinks he and his friends are better than everyone. They, uh, certainly from a racist standpoint, they felt that, you know, black people didn't deserve rights. They supported policies that would prevent people that they viewed as inferior from being able to have children and start families. I mean, it's just, it's kind of ridiculous stuff looking back today. And, you know, just like the Nazis, they had a similar policy. Wilson thought that people of different races shouldn't get married, that there was a master race, that there's like genetic superiority. And these these are evil ideas that ignore individualism. They see people as a group, as a collective. These, these are collectivists, right? You don't matter. You don't have rights. What matters is to them is the collective. And and it's, you know, this is why racism is, is such a problem as an example, because it, it tries to treat all black people as, you know, the same as not having rights or not deserving of, you know, their freedoms or whatever. And, and that, that's not at all how it is. People are individuals. They have individual rights. They have individual desires. But Wilson and, and these guys did not think that way uh, at all. And so, you know, he's a racist. He's a segregationist. But, but I think fundamentally, and I'll, I'll end here, is... The, the biggest problem is he's right in the middle of the progressive era. We get the Federal Reserve. Uh, we get the, the income tax. We soon then get the 17th uh, Amendment, which changed how the Senate works. So it really removed oh, the power right, of the yeah. states. 
Um, we get World War One. We get all this propaganda where the government is now treating its own people as the enemy to be, you know, propagandized. And who's at the helm? Who's, you know, in the middle of all of that? It's it's our dear friend, one of our modern villains, Woodrow Wilson. So if you guys are curious to learn more, because we only touched the surface, if uh, if you want to see some of these other modern villains, and more importantly, if you want to understand what was happening in society and how we can stop those things from happening today. You can go to TuttleTwins.com slash products where you'll see all the books we have. You scroll down, you'll find our guidebook series and you can find the Tuttle Twins Guide to Modern Villains. Uh, great conversation, Brittany, as always. And until next time, we'll talk to you later. Talk to you later. You've been listening to The Way the World Works. Make sure your family is subscribed and check out TuttleTwins.com for more awesome content.